These are the sounds of the 21st century. Continuing BBC Radio 2 and Trevor Dan's company's production from 2001 onwards. Climb on board this new audio time machine and hear the news, the music, the people, the films and the TV shows as they were heard at the time. No analysis, no hindsight, just the sounds. We've reached part six of this ongoing series, the year that Danish cartoons rocked the Muslim world and Saddam Hussein has hanged. Richard Hammond is involved in a high-speed crash and a whale gets stuck in the Thames. Downloads start to rule the charts just as Top of the Pop says goodbye and we welcome a brand new Bond. For the next hour, it's 2006. Oh my God, Jackie! Yeah, Bracky. Indonesia has the largest Muslim population in the world. In Jakarta, protesters rallied outside the Danish embassy. It was in Denmark the cartoons depicting the Prophet Muhammad first appeared. Eventually, some managed to break through to the embassy. Eggs were thrown and the Danish flag was burned. The group dispersed after the Danish ambassador met some of them. They said he had apologized for any offense the cartoons had caused. What are the origins of this controversy? Well, they go back five months to September last year, when the cartoons first appeared in the Danish paper Jelandsposten. A month later, at least ten countries complained to Denmark's prime minister, but at that stage he refused to intervene. Last month, Saudi Arabia called for a boycott of Danish goods. And yesterday, the managing editor of Francois in Paris was sacked after the paper reprinted the cartoons and protests spread rapidly through the Muslim world. In Iraq, protesters again focused their anger on Denmark. The country's leading Shia cleric condemned the cartoons, but Grand Ayatollah Ali al-Sistani on his website also suggested that militant Muslims were partly to blame for projecting a distorted and dark image of the faith. You and I, Robert, we have observed history. 
We are in history now. We are in the middle of a war, one that's been going on forever, to protect the secret so powerful that if revealed, it would devastate the very foundations of mankind. I'm into something here I can't understand. Witness the biggest cover-up in human history. Steve Irwin was in Queensland filming underwater when he died. The man who survived close encounters with crocs and pythons was killed by a fish known as the pussycat of the sea. But stingrays are lethal when threatened. A stingray barb pierced Irwin's heart. Steve Irwin was passionate about wildlife and his flamboyant style won him fans around the world. So at my show on Monday, I was hoping someday you'd be on your way to better things. It's not about your makeup or how you try to shape up to these tiresome paper dreams. Paper dreams, honey. Now you pour your heart out, you're telling me you're far out Not about to lie down for your cause But you don't pull my strings Cause I'm a better man Moving on to better things Over the past 18 months, I've been coming to terms with and seeking to cope with a drink problem. A frank personal admission. No surprise for parliamentary colleagues who say they've been covering up for Charles Kennedy for years. After consistently denying he had a problem, the Liberal Democrat leader was forced to speak out. Happier times welcoming a record number of MPs to Parliament last May. But even as the celebrations continued, some questioned whether the Lib Dems had done well enough. Colleagues say he was given plenty of chances since that election to raise his game. He didn't manage to. Despite the fact Charles Kennedy steered his party towards its greatest electoral success in decades, they wanted a bigger hitter and the kind of leadership he couldn't provide.
Three weeks ago, he was a fit 41-year-old, a former Russian spy living in exile in London. This morning, Alexander Litvinenko spoke from beyond the grave, a statement he dictated on Tuesday, just before he lost consciousness. You may succeed in silencing me, but that silence comes at a price. So why did Mr. Litvinenko come to believe he'd been poisoned? On the 1st of November, he had lunch with an Italian contact in a Japanese restaurant in central London. The two men discussed the danger Mr. Litvinenko believed he was in. On the same day, he met two Russian contacts in a London hotel. Hours later, he began to feel ill. This morning, police sent a forensics team to Mr. Litvinenko's house. They say they're treating this for now, not as murder, but simply as an unexplained death. For even the doctors cannot say with certainty what killed him. And that, for the police, is where the problem begins. What a drag it is, the shape I'm in. Well, I go out somewhere, then I come home again. A lot of cigarettes, I can't get no sleep. There's nothing on the TV, nothing on the radio that means that much to me. All my life, watching America. All my life, is panic in America. Yesterday was easy, happiness came and went I got the movie script but I don't know what it meant A lot of cigarettes, I can't get no sleep There's nothing on the TV, nothing on the radio that means that much to me There's nothing on the TV, nothing on the radio that I can believe in In America, all my life, there's panic in America. Oh, 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 oh. there's trouble in America. Why do they want that goat? What's the main reason? <laughs> to, what, What's the main, what does a goat give you? Milk. milk. Right. Now, wouldn't it be easy to, to just send them a bottle of milk? <laughs> without all the hassle and the headaches that come with it. That's all I'm saying. And the other thing is, think about the goat. That was happy over here. Suddenly, it's on barren land. No grass. <laughs> I'm gonna burst! <laughs> what do you mean? You didn't send a goat from here. I'm saying, who's happy at the end of this, right? <gasps> You've got a fella who hasn't got a present over here because the mate bought him a goat, right? <laughs> So, 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 yeah, let's do this, let's do this properly. So there's a tick. He's not happy, right? <laughs> then, you've got the person who's opened it, who, like you said, wanted something else, right? It's a goat. They go, who's gonna look after this, right? So tick, they're not happy. And then you've got the goat going, what am I doing here? <laughs> Got some post delivered to me today. It was addressed to Mr. Dilkington. <laughs> 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 
I got some post delivered to me today. It was addressed to Mr. Dilkington. <laughs> I opened it and the first sentence read, Dear Mr. K. Dilkington, you are one of our most valuable customers. I put it in the bin. the Deputy Prime Minister, a day of regretting. Regretting that his two-year affair with a civil servant has become public. A paper has published damaging photos of the two of them together. John Prescott hasn't been seen at his London address today, but in a statement he accepted he had had a relationship which he now regretted. He said it ended some time ago. Edwina Curry, who had an affair with John Major, believes the public's view towards politicians' private lives has changed. I think the public's attitude to sexual misdemeanours has become much more refined over recent years. And the question is not so much uh, did they lie to their wives, but did they lie to the public, did they lie to the House of Commons? It's not the affair itself that worries some Labour MPs, it's just that it's come to light at a low point for the government. Keep talking and that's, that's fine But could you walk and talk at the same time Then it's my name, it's on that bag So remove your back, let me call you a cab Standing in the front yard Telling me how I'm such a fool Talking about how I'll never ever find a man like you You got me to stand You must not know about me You must not know about me I can have another you in a minute Matter of fact, Well, Guy Cuny is the editor of the technology website uh, News Wireless. Hello, good morning to you. Good morning. Were you surprised by this uh, verdict today? I'm very surprised to see this verdict to, to come on me because I was not expecting that. IT expert Guy Cuny was due to appear on air to talk about the Apple versus Apple court case. He was waiting in one of the two receptions here at Television Center. Uh, waiting in the other reception room was Guy Goma, a graduate from the Congo who was waiting for a job interview. Well, a producer went down to collect their guest, Guy Cuny, but ended up at the wrong reception and he was pointed in the direction of Guy Goma, whom he whisked upstairs and onto the set before anyone had the chance to realise. If my car hadn't taken an hour to get from North London to West London, I'd have been there 20 minutes earlier and all would have been clear and resolved. That's very generous of you, so it's a transport cock-up, not a BBC cock-up. <laughs> <laughs>
Shabbat in Jerusalem, a holy day, a time for peace and reflection. Today, the streets are empty. Israelis spend the day at home with their families, considering, no doubt, the trauma shaking their country. But at the Hadassah Hospital, the desperate efforts to save Ariel Sharon's life continue. He's been undergoing another brain scan. The Israeli leader is still under heavy sedation on a ventilator. The doctors want to begin tomorrow, gradually to return him to consciousness. But everyone in Israel is watching the drama playing out behind these walls. Opinion on the street is always a complex mix of history and politics. But Egyptians have fought two wars with Israel in the last 50 years, and their views of the country and its leader are pretty unforgiving. So the political vacuum in Israel is felt across the Middle East, and the Arab world wants to know what comes next. Do you ever get the feeling like you were meant to do something extraordinary? Yes, we are all special. You should know who you are and know that it's enough. I think I'm old enough for you to tell me who my real parents are. It begins as a single individual. Mom? Seemingly ordinary, except they're not. Heroes, Mondays at 9, 8 central, this fall on NBC. He arrived the aging rock star in a bandana and dark glasses. But this was no place to perform. Gary Glitter no more. It was time for Paul Francis Gad to face the music. While he smiled for the cameras, the mother of the 11-year-old he molested sat and wept. The judge reviewed the testimony her daughter and another 12-year-old girl had given, the sexual acts the 61-year-old had forced them to perform. Glitter craned forward to hear the court's verdict. Three years, guilty on two counts of obscene acts with children. His reaction? I'm innocent. I am innocent. It's a conspiracy. Conspiracy by you know who. A defiant Gary Glitter blaming everyone but himself. In this decaying prison on the outskirts of the town, he'll share a small cell with another inmate, buying in food to eat, the only Westerner among hundreds of prisoners. been widely expected. Seven times world champion Michael Schumacher has announced he will retire from Formula One at the end of the season. The German made the announcement after dramatically winning the Italian Grand Prix. That reduced his title rival Fernando Alonso's lead to just two points with three races to go. Schumacher's victory was the 90th in a career in which he's broken every single Formula One record. 
When I actually saw him driving the car, I said, hey, this is unbelievable. I've never seen anyone drive like this. It's just phenomenal. And he continued on, and he surprised a lot of people. He won a lot of championships. He won a lot of Grand Prix. And uh, strangely, people will remember him for perhaps dominating teammates or what happened in Monaco or against Damon Hill or Jacques Villeneuve in the past. But we have to be pretty honest with ourselves and say, this is the fastest racing driver that the world of motor racing has ever seen. Cause I'm going insane It's quite a long time ago You brought me out of control Hungry for your love And like I know what that might be Well as the song goes here Blue is the colour Football is certainly their game And Chelsea Chelsea is the name Well it is hard to get up the mountain in professional football It's even harder to stay there But the view from the top is fantastic the peak of the Premiership again. Chelsea. Lorraine. George Campbell! Saul Campbell for Arsenal! Iniesta. Slipped into Larson. On goes Ito. Real chance for one. It was only a matter of time. Samuel Ito has equalised. Out as far as Belletti. Larson, good control. Tucked into Belletti. Oh, is it? Nothing Almunia could do. Giuliano Belletti, the substitute, has scored his first goal for Barcelona ever. And given them the lead with 10 minutes of the Champions League final to go. Barcelona are back on top of European football. And they may just take some shifting. He did miss one for England recently, Frank Lampard, but uh, usually for Chelsea, he's pretty reliable. Oh, he saved it! Ricardo is a thorn in England's side again. Oh, Ricardo saves! It's still 1-1. Oh, Ricardo has kept that out as well. I don't believe it. This for the semi-finals for Portugal. He's done it! Portugal are through! And England, despite heroics, are out of the World Cup. Cristiano Ronaldo, 3-1 in the penalty shootout to Portugal. Sent off Wayne Rooney is about to send off Zinedine Zidane. In terms of the
the decision as long as they've seen it. It is impossible to argue against it. This is the incident. Matarazzi had an arm round Zidane there. Then they looked at each other. Matarazzi said something. There it is. Oh, you can't excuse that. Zidane's career ends in disgrace. Grosso has the opportunity to win the World Cup for Italy. With his blonde good looks, winning smile and abundant talent, Paul Hunter had emerged as the golden boy of snooker. In a sport populated by pasty-faced whirlwinds and rockets, here was the man they called the Beckham of the base. That's it, he knows it. Paul Hunter's greatest achievements came at Wembley in the prestigious Masters Tournament. He won it for the first time in 2001. He went on to take that title twice more, convincing many that he was a future world champion. But fate was about to lay its cruelest snooker. Just over a year ago, he was diagnosed with a rare cancer. Even so, he courageously played on. Yesterday, the fighter lost his final battle. In the dimly lit world of snooker, one of the brightest lights has gone out. Slow down, lie down, remember it's just you and me. Don't sell out, bow out, remember how this used to be. I just want you closer, is that all? Let's get closer to me Grab my last request and just let me hold you Don't shrug your shoulders Lay down beside me Sure I can't accept that we're going nowhere But one last time let's go Just as hope starts to fade, a small group is spotted floating out at sea. A final few survivors from the Al Salam 98, winched to safety by a Saudi rescue team. The families wanted answers, but surely not like this. Back in Safaga, they watched a slideshow of dead faces. It's a cruel way to learn that your relative has died. This has been a long and painful few days for the families of the Al Salam ferry disaster. They've been treated pretty badly by the Egyptian authorities. Some have chosen to stay just one more night in the hope that tomorrow will bring better news. 
but most have now gone home to grieve. Yakshimash, my name is Borat. I'm a journalist for Kazakhstan. My government sent me to USA to make a movie film. Hello, nice to meet you. I'm in town. Where? What to say? Hello. Can I say we support your war of terror? Kazakhstan is the greatest country in the world. Please, you come see my film. If it's not success, I will be executed. 7.30 this morning and half an hour before ceasefire time. Israeli guns still firing as they have been all night. 7.45 and we watch Israeli shells falling on Lebanese villages. Incredibly, some Hezbollah fighters are still dug in close to the Israeli border. It is 8 o'clock in the morning now, and after 34 days of fighting, this is the moment when the guns are supposed to fall silent. Right up until the last moment, we've heard planes overhead and seen artillery shooting shells here into the villages in Lebanon. But now, at this moment, looking out over these hills, there is no sound of firing. After most conflicts, Israel has emerged dominant, certain of its strength. Not this time. The country feels more vulnerable, uneasy about the outcome. The summer's been dominated by speculation that Tony Blair might use the Labour Party conference to lay out a timetable for handing over power. A growing number of Labour backbenchers have called for him to do so. But in today's interview, Mr Blair rejects the idea outright, suggesting the move would lead to paralysis in government. I've said all I'm going to say. I really think it's absurd for people who say we must stop this continual speculation about the leadership continuing to speculate about it. I do not want to serve a fourth term. I don't think the British people would want a Prime Minister to go on that long. Um, but I think it's sensible to make plain my intention now. Can I try and just make Two years ago, just after the party conference, Tony Blair dropped his bombshell in an interview with the BBC. It was a risky move, laying him open to charges of becoming a lame duck leader. Now with the pressure mounting, he's dismayed those who hoped for more clarity on when he'll leave. Hello, IT. Have you tried turning it off and on again? <laughs> oh, okay, well, the button on the side, is it glowing? Yeah, you need to turn it on. Um, the button turns it on? Yeah, you, you do know how a button works, don't you? No, not on clothes. Hello, IT. <laughs> Yaha. Have you tried forcing an unexpected reboot? No, no, there you go. No, there you go. I just heard it come on. No, no, that's the music you hear when it comes on. 
No, that's the music you hear when... I'm sorry, are you from the past? <laughs> you see, the driver hooks are functioned by patching the system call table, so it's not safe to unload it unless another thread's about to jump in there and do its stuff, and you don't want to end up in the middle of invalid memory. <laughs> Hello? When you first left me, I was wanting more But you were fucking that girl next door What'd you do that for? What'd you do that for? first left me, I didn't know what to say, I've never been on my own that way, just sat by myself all day, I was so lost back then, but with a little help from my friends, I found a light in the tunnel at the end, now you're calling me up on the phone, so you can have a little wine and a moan, it's only because you're feeling crashed at almost 300 miles an hour, but the celebrity driver Richard Hammond survived just. The tire marks left on this old runway in Yorkshire show the sudden violent change of direction. Out of control, the vehicle flipped over and bounced across the grass, with the BBC presenter trapped inside. He was unconscious when I got to him, um, but he was breathing and, and had a pulse. He was upside down um, in the car. He did regain consciousness as, uh, as we were extricating him, but then he was sort of drifting in and out slightly. Richard Hammond has always lived life in the fast lane. <laughs> it's just... I'm going to do that again. The smile that says, I'm going to be all right. Richard Hammond was well enough to sit up and share a joke, and there was even time for a kiss from one of the nurses. Only a week after crashing at almost 300 miles per hour, he was on his way from Leeds to a hospital near his home in Gloucestershire. And what's more, look at this. By the end of the journey, he was back on his feet. It's difficult to imagine Richard Hammond taking things easy. The next series of Top Gear is on hold until he recovers, and that could take at least six months. He may be keen to start working again, but the doctor's advice is one step at a time.
Here in the U.S., it's playing as positive news. Osama al-Zarqawi, the leader of al-Qaeda in Iraq, is dead. A tremendous boost in morale for those who tracked him, for troops in Iraq, and perhaps for the U.S. as a whole. But there was no sense of mission accomplished here. Everyone knows, not least this administration, that there's still a long way to go before there's peace in Iraq. By killing the al-Qaeda leader in the country, the U.S. has demonstrated that even the most wanted terrorists can be found and eliminated. Al-Zaqqawi was certainly behind many atrocities, and he was believed to be the one who wielded the knife in several beheadings of hostages, including that of the 26-year-old engineering contractor Nicholas Berg. President Bush sees al-Zaqqawi's death as a turning point, but not a final victory. He's slumping in the polls and knows he can do with a quantifiable success like this, but it's unlikely the American people will think it's enough. The president's job rating will probably shoot up a few points, but it will be short-lived. The problem is the American public has reached a firm, fixed, final position on Iraq. And it means, how do we start to bring our troops home? Your file shows no kills. But to become a double O, it takes two. How did you die? Your contact? Not well. You needn't worry. The second is... Yes. Considerably. The man was Le Chiffre, private banker to the world's terrorists, which would explain how he could set up a high-stakes poker game at Casino Royale in Montenegro. If he loses this game, he'll have nowhere to run. You're the best player in the service. The Treasury has agreed to stake you in the game. If you lose, our government will have directly financed terrorism. I will be keeping my eye on our government's money and off your perfectly formed house. You noticed. You won't lie 
met at a charity event. He sang love songs to her on the phone. They were too in love to even talk about prenuptial agreements, but Sir Paul McCartney and his wife Heather have now separated. For the Beatles fans outside the famous Abbey Road studios today, there was sadness at the news, but also questions because what he did here with the Beatles made him a very, very wealthy man. The question is, what happens to all of that cash if this separation becomes a divorce? For divorce experts, this could be a landmark settlement because amongst the richest names in the music industry, Sir Paul's name is at number two. His total value estimated at £825 million. And on the basis of one recent settlement, that could mean a divorce payout of £200 million. But one leading divorce lawyer thinks the figure will actually be closer to £75 million. But even with the discount for geniuses, it's a lot of money. But Sir Paul says their relationship has been impossible because of the constant intrusion from the press. And tonight, through his website, he rallied to his wife's support, saying the split was amicable, Heather didn't marry him for the money, and that she is a very generous person. I'm bringing sexy back. Yeah. boys don't know how to act. Yeah. I think it's for sure what's behind your back. So I'm turn around and I'll pick up the slack Yeah, take up the bridge Dirty babe, you see these shackles, baby, I'm your slave I'll let you with me if I misbehave It's just that no one makes me feel this way As flamboyant in death as he was in life, this was a tribute fit for musical royalty. Drawn through the streets in a gold coffin, it was more of a celebration than a somber goodbye. They say the hardest working man is so good. Thousands lining the streets to pay tribute to the music and life of one of the world's most influential performers. I tell anyone, I tell the world, James Brown, the greatest, the greatest soul artist that ever lived. Harlem has paid its last respects to a man who truly was the godfather of soul. One of his greatest pleasures in life was to see fans lined around the block to watch him perform. The Apollo Theatre is where James Brown went from being an obscure R&B singer to a household name. And for many, this is the end of an era. When he was asked about his impact on generations of musicians, James Brown said, I taught them everything they know, not everything I know. That knowledge may now be gone, but James Brown's influence will live on. Ladies up in here tonight, no fighting. We got the refugees No fighting. No fighting. Shakira, Shakira. I never really knew that she could dance like this. She make a man want to speak Spanish. Como se llama? Bonita. Picasso. Shakira, Shakira. Oh, baby, when you talk like that, you make a woman go mad. So be wise and keep on reading the signs of my body. I'm on tonight, you know my hopes don't lie, and I'm starting to feel 
it's right All the attraction, attention Don't you see, baby, this is perfection Oh boy, I can see your body moving Half animal, half man I don't, don't really know what I'm doing But you seem to have a plan I will self-restraint Have come to fail now, fail now See, I'm doing what I can, but I can't So you know that's a bit too hard to explain In the shallow waters of a falling tide, rescue teams approach the whale, stranded, occasionally still thrashing its tail, but not capable of making its own way out to sea. So the decision is taken that the best chance for survival is first to support it with special inflatable pontoons. The whole time volunteers pour water over it and try to keep it calm. On the riverbank, on bridges, thousands have gathered to watch the fate of this rare visitor capturing the public imagination. And at lunchtime, still a mood of optimism, though concerns were already growing. Rising water making conditions for them harder, so by mid-afternoon, two launches began to tow the whale downstream. More applause as a crane winched the whale onto the deck of a barge. Despite the mass of this creature, it was a delicate operation. Still hoped then that this vessel might carry it out to safety. And still the whole operation in public view. But then the barge moved downstream, passing through London. And as the evening wore on, it became clear from vets on board that the prognosis was not good. The whale's condition deteriorated rapidly. Around 7 o'clock, confirmation that it had died on the barge, despite the best efforts of the rescue teams. We'll do it all
chart show we can confirm that Niles Barkley's Crazy has become the first record to reach number one from download sales alone. Niles Barkley's single Crazy is a chart-topping hit like no other before it. For the past week the song's been selling fast on websites like Apple's iTunes. It only goes on sale as a CD tomorrow. It's a far cry from the heyday of the vinyl single in the 70s. Then singles represented 20% of record company revenues. But from the 90s, single sales went into sharp decline. Today they're just 5% of the total music market. But is the internet now turning the tide? For years we've been reading about the fact that somehow the single is dead. Uh, in fact, over the past two years, thanks to the download, the singles market has doubled in size. I think we can definitely say, and today proves it, with Niles Barkley going straight to number one on the strength of downloads alone, the single is back. I remember when, I remember, I remember when I lost my mind. There was something so pleasant about that place. Even your emotions have an echo in so much space. Without care, yeah, I was out of touch But it wasn't because I didn't know enough I just knew too much Stephen Wright has spent much of the past three days being questioned by police. Stephen Wright from Ipswich has been charged with the murder of all five women. It's a case that has horrified Britain. The bodies of five young women found within ten days. Gemma Adams, Tanya Nicholl, Annalee Alderton, Paula Clonell and Annette Nichols had all been working as prostitutes in Ipswich's red light district. 
but the murder investigation continues. And later this morning, Stephen Wright will appear before Ipswich magistrates charged with the murders of five women. Just have a little patience Still hanging from a love I lost I'm feeling your frustration But any minute all the pain will stop Just hold me close inside stay unknown for long. Top of the Pops became a brand more than one generation grew up with. It was a show which more than any other defined the musical landscape of Britain. Oh, I mean, to be on Top of the Pops uh, years ago, it was it was the be-all and end-all. I mean, everybody was fighting to get on Top of the Pops because if you got on Top of the Pops, nine times out of ten, you were guaranteed to have a hit record um, because it had such a vast audience and it was a, it was a national institution. Just along the corridor from here, the very last edition of the world's longest-running weekly music show will be recorded at the end of next month. Its demise began with competition from other music shows, but the death knell came when how we consume music began to change. A recent example of that, the Arctic Monkeys, who got to number one following a reputation acquired on the Internet, and there's acknowledgement of that trend from the BBC. Music industry itself is incredibly important to us and very healthy, but one program couldn't capture all its different tastes and the ways in which we, we want on-demand music. It's still number one. It's Top of the Pops. The weekly fix of pop music has been replaced by the choice of hundreds of music shows and downloading. So while there's realism in the decision to axe Top of the Pops, in the short term, nostalgia for how great it once was will reign. And record shops were still on top and vinyl was all that they stopped And the super info highway was still drifting out in space Kids were wearing hand-me-downs and playing games Men kick arounds and footballers still had long hair and dirt across their face Oh, I wish I was a punk rocker with stars in my hair In 77 and 69, revolution was in the air I was born too late to a world that doesn't care Oh, I wish I was a punk rocker with flowers in my hair I was born too late To a world that doesn't care Oh, I wish I was a punk rocker with flowers in my hair The Prime Minister, Nouri al-Maliki, signed the final order for his death last night. Mr al-Maliki said two months ago that Saddam would hang before the year's end though most people thought the process would take much longer. This is the building where Saddam died. The Americans call it Camp Justice. It's not in the green zone, but in the Baghdad suburb of Khadimiya. It's where most hangings take place nowadays. A few hours later, the government released pictures of Saddam's body in order to prove that he really was dead. 
for a time when he was captured down the hole in the ground three years ago, there was real contempt for Saddam for not having put up a fight. But slowly, as he made his spirited appearances in court, that changed. And the calmness with which he met his death will now become part of the Saddam legend. When I was a young boy, my father took me into the city to see a marching band. He said, son, when you grow up, would you be the savior of the broken, the beaten and the damned? He said, will you defeat them, your demons and all the non-believers, the plans that they have made? like to know more about the music and archive clips you've heard over the past hour, head over to sounds21c.wordpress.com. The programme is produced by Tom Eames. Next time, it's 2007, the year of the celebrity Big Brother race row, a smoking ban, and Gordon Brown, as Sounds of the 21st Century continues.